You're listening to Games from the Cellar, where we play board games and then we talk about them. I am Steven, your host, and tonight I was joined by John and Samuel to play Thebes. Thebes, designed by Peter Prince, was published by Queen Games in 2007. It was nominated for the Spieldisch Jahres in 2007. In 2008, it was nominated for the Golden Geek Award for Best Gamers Game and Best Artwork slash Presentation, and it won the Golden Geek Award for Best Family Game of 2008. The art was contributed by Michael Menzel of Dominion, Stone Age, Pillars of the Earth, and Catan fame. At the time of this recording, Thebes has a 7.1 rating with 9,500 ratings on BoardGameGeek and has a ranking of 571. It's a 2-4 player low weight game that should play in about 60 minutes. Thank you for joining us in the cellar as we go in depth with Thebes. So we're going to play Jensen von Theben, which is Thebes in English. Um, so this is the first look for Sam, and I believe John and I have had a few games of this. Yes, we have. In the past. So Samuel, as the, the new person that's never seen this game before, tell me what you're thinking. Well, when I sat down, I saw the map of Europe and Asia and the Mediterranean, and my first instinct was area control game. I had learned that is a lie. That is a lie. By a lot. By a, yeah, significant. It seems like it's actually more of a risk-reward. How long can you, how much do you invest before someone renders your investment worthless? Uh, that's a pretty decent way to put it, I think. Um, I would classify it or characterize it with, um, I don't know, what would you say? Um, kind of a set collection when you're trying to pick up the research and rumors and then maybe like uh, risk-reward kind of push-your-luck element when you're doing the digs. Yeah, and, and and working that timing track, which is the is the truly interesting part of the game, because this, I think this was the first game to work a timing track like this. Yeah, so it's got the on the outside of the board what looks to be a score track, but is actually the fifty two weeks in a year, and I believe in a two player in a three player game we're going to play two years, so nineteen oh one and nineteen oh two all the way through, and. You, as you take actions, those actions are taking amount of time, and you'll move your pawn or your time tracker um, up that many spaces, and you essentially have 52, 52 weeks worth of time to do all of your actions until the next year, and then another 52 weeks to, uh, to kind of complete your, your, uh, your go at it. So uh, it'll be interesting. Um, any thoughts on... Any memories or any kind of anything stand out about the last time we played? It, 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 it's a light game, but it's always very enjoyable. I, do, I, I have a very positive recollection of this game, and I haven't played this probably in, in several years at this point. Um, it's funny, when you, when you broke, broke the board out and laid it down in the middle of the table, because that's what the rules say, place the board in the middle of the table. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the board is smaller than I recall, and its, its art is designed to be understated. This is kind of an old-world Euro... Lots of brown, lots of very, um, you know, readable but but kind of flashy font. Something that looks a little classy, and it's 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 trying to to um, um, appeal to people with chin beards, and that that's fine because that's what its target audience is. 
Um, but it's got the fancy meeples that are cut, um, big bold colors of paint so that everything is easy to understand and see, even if you got some color issues. And, uh, and, and the, the, the whole kind of feel you get from it is sort of an old world, pre-World War I view of Europe. All right, well, we're going to give this a play and we'll be back to let you know what we thought. Okay, so we just finished... Genseitz von Theben. Genseitz von Theben. Okay, so Thebes. Yeah. Uh, in English. Da. Uh, so let's start with Samuel. Samuel, this was your first time playing. What did you think of Thebes? I enjoyed it. It was a neat time management, risk reward. How much can you do with the limited time that you have? And when he says time, time is a resource. It's not like on the actual clock. Right. So the way the game works is you track the the calendar year in weeks and everything you do takes a certain amount of weeks to complete. And you don't get your next turn until uh you're you're next in the the time tracker. So whoever's behind in the time tracker is whose turn it is. So it's entirely possible to game it in such a way that you get two or three or sometimes four turns in a row. And I did. Yeah. I did that where I went, well, you guys, you know, you're doing something that takes six weeks and John's doing something that takes seven weeks. So I'm going to pick this up for one week and this up for three weeks and then go dig in a hole for three weeks. And it's still my turn. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you, you figured out the, the shovels and the assistants pretty early on. Uh, the shovels were the most powerful card there. Yeah, I don't know why you guys didn't jump on him. I don't know why John spent his. The shovel is the best. I just never had any available to me. I was going to say, it didn't matter for me because I only ever got a shot at one shovel. And that's sort of how these sorts of games plays. When you've got one guy that's decided that that is the single most important thing, you've you got a real hard chance of getting it. I mean, Especially if it's a player that goes just before you. Okay, I guess I guess that's fair. I did pursue them aggressively just because they increased the efficiency of your turn. Right, I'm at the end, the last third of the game, I dug seven, eight times, and every time I got to pull an extra two tokens from the bag, which was the equivalent of saving at least two weeks on every dig. Well, maybe not, maybe not two extra tokens. You had to move up two slices on the on the chart. No, I got to pull two pull extra two, tokens. You pull two extra tokens. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I would dig for three weeks and pull seven tokens. That said. If you get to the dig site first, you've got a fatter bag, you've got a better chance of getting good stuff. Your pulls at the end of the game are less likely to be as productive. So you've got this neat little rub of, I want to get there in a hurry while all the good stuff is there, but when you get there first, you aren't as prepared and you don't get to dig as much. And frankly, I thought that was a really excellent piece of game design. So when you dig at a location, there's five locations, there's five bags of tokens, and there's a little cheat sheet that tells you how many tokens worth points are in each bag. But there's also other tokens. Most of them are worthless. Some of them give you knowledge about other dig sites. And it's there's this neat system where if you get there first, the bag's full of tokens that are worth points. So even if you only pull a little bit or a handful of tokens, you still probably get some points. You have a better chance of pulling something worth, worth valuable while. tokens right. versus because the, junk the tokens. worthless tokens go 
back in the exactly. bag when you're done. So exactly. the bag keeps getting thinner and thinner when it comes to points and, yeah. and other goodies. Right, and so you get this neat effect where when you if you get there first, it doesn't matter you know which end of the shovel to dig with. Right. You can still find something worthwhile, but late in the game, there's only a few things of points left, but there's still a bunch of worthless tokens you yeah, got to dig were, through. You were digging in sites that had two point tokens left, so two you had the two point tokens and then the 16 or 15 or whatever it is sand tokens so i mean you're really digging against odds to try and pull out one of those last point tokens yeah i mean the and that last, i mean and it, it paid off for you yeah i mean i i looked at the numbers i did the math in my head and so it said these sites are worth digging at the rest have been tapped out right but at the same time you are passing up opportunities late in the game to go do lectures where you pick up points or to hit those cards that have, uh, I forget what those are for. They're exhibitions. Exhibitions where you mm -hmm. can pick up points. So, so, so the game, this is one of those games where there's two or three different ways you can, you can earn your dollars. And as the one that pays early starts to tap out, these other ones start coming into play because you need to have you need to have scored winning tokens from the bags in order to go after these exhibitions. Well, sure, and that's part of the calculus. Is the exhibitions require you to have certain numbers of tokens from the different dig sites to score points, and then you invest was it four weeks for five points, which is just a part of the calculus to decide if a dig site is worth it. If you spend four weeks there and you don't earn five points. You should have gone on exhibition. Yeah, towards the end of the game, the exhibitions, when you look at them initially, it's like four weeks for five points doesn't usually, I mean, when you first look at it, it doesn't look like it's the best move. But in all actuality, you can't do anything for four weeks that's going to net you any points, really, because unless you're set up super optimally, it's going to take you two weeks to get to a dig site and then how much are you going to be able to dig with two weeks left? So, I mean, it the the math works. The the exhibitions are actually a pretty good deal if if you have the tokens for them. Now, I specialized in two areas, and that left me kind of high and dry because those big point exhibitions need three different colors, three different colors. and I only had two different colors. Yeah, that was a... So that hurt. But you but you were doing the lectures. You did okay with the lectures. I did all right with the lectures. If you'd I scored another two lectures, you'd have been... I would have been okay if I had gotten another two, but... Well, and I stole one from you intentionally. Yeah. Well, before I, before I cleared the deck uh, with Warsaw, at Warsaw, I looked. There were three left. So had I got lucky, I could have pulled another two and been fine, but... I didn't pull them. That's how it goes. Yeah, that's so, how it goes. So, I mean, it was a long shot. So, so here, here's my takeaway after playing. I think I've played this three or four times at mm -hmm. this point. And you, you said it earlier, just kind of off the top of your head. The math works in this game. Mm -hmm. This has been a well-tested, well-balanced game where you've got three or four different ways to score points, and all of them count in your favor. All of them work. The math works, I think, is the real key to this game. This is not some super deep, 
point salad, 72 steps to get from here to there sort of game. Mm-hmm. But everything in this game works really well. And it's got it's got a flavor on the table. It kind of gives you that feel. The car looks like an old Duesenberg and you've got blimps that fly around. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, so from a from a from an emotional perspective, it seems to check a few boxes and then as you're playing the game, you realize that hey, you're doing your stuff, everybody else is doing their stuff, but on occasion you want to sneak in and steal something out from under somebody. Mm-hmm. And so you get that opportunity to kind of pop somebody before they get a chance to do their stuff. And frankly, I think the mechanics of the game and the way the math evolves as you play supports that theme and that flavor mm-hmm. where originally you're all you know bushy-tailed and eager to get out there and get digging because that's where the points are. But you get some tools, you get some knowledge, you start to realize, you know, if they get there before me, they're going to get the big points. Right. So I got to beat them there. And then you realize, well, maybe there's not so many points in digging anymore. Maybe now I got to go and lecture or right. do and exhibitions. Find, find your yeah, other but the other, the other side of that coin is early in the game, you have to spend so much time digging to make it worthwhile. But at the same time, you can be up in, you know, civilized country um, doing research and gathering your tools that it's just this weird, it's just not weird. It's this perfect balance and this perfect finding that tipping point of going from your researching phase to then going down to the digging phase. Yeah. Anybody can go down with one knowledge and get that first token for free and they can dig and maybe pick something up, but they're going to spend six weeks pulling two tokens at that, at that point where you can spend another like, I don't know, quarter of a year doing research. And when you get down there, you're pulling more chips. So it's kind of this weird, like, when do you go? When do you not go? Like, and, and, how hard do you, how and, hard do you and go? That's the rub in the game. That's the friction that makes the game work. And One, from, 100%. From an, from an old fashioned Euro perspective, that is fundamentally is, is you have two mechanical concepts that are in conflict with each other and this game does that very very well i like how you can break the game out into phases where you do have that preparation phase and then you have the digging phase and then you have the ending of the game where the digging's tapped out and what do you do now yeah but you're, you're not talking like i'm not talking phase in the rules yeah no, i'm talking about not this talking is phase about phase in your brain yeah this is a, a phase in of the game state yeah the game so, state so where you know if you leave somebody behind in the preparation phase sure you start digging before them but now there's no one competing with them for resources mm-hmm. and they can pick up whatever they want yeah and 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 what's curious is I mean, just the fact that you you refer to it that way, I mean, it shows how you are structuring the game in your brain, and each player is going to bring a different set of structure to the game. They're going to look at that in a different way. I I am not done. I have to prep more. I do not want to go there until I know I can can do enough stuff. Whereas somebody else is saying, I'm going to bust over there quick, I'm going to take a quick hit, and then I'm going to come back. And everybody sort of brings their own different perspective Mm -hmm. to that. So when you play with a different set of people, you could conceivably get a very different game out of it, Mm -hmm. a different way of plays. Or even even when somebody gets skunked at one play, they sit there and say, next time, I'm not doing it that way. Next time I'm staying in Europe and gathering my stuff Mm -hmm. instead of going as quickly as they do. So, so from that perspective, I, the the game just works. You don't work. You don't look at the game and go, eh, I can kind of, I can kind of weasel the rules and just kind of 
keep banging on this one thing over here and I can win the game that way. And That's real hard to do in this game. And frankly, I appreciate that you do have the freedom to do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Right? There are not defined game stages. They are soft. Right, right, exactly. You can you can do whatever you want. And in fact, I think proper play is you do go back and forth. You prepare yep. and then you go dig and you go, oh, that's really nice. I could pick up some more stuff. And I already did all my digging this year, so now I have, I may as well. Yep. Right? It works. It's a really well-designed game. 2007 was when this was published, at least this version of it. And oh, I thought it was older than that. I would have guessed older. We leave that as an exercise for the listener to determine when Gensite's Von Theben was first published. I want to talk about the components. How how do you think the components work to make this game work? I mean, they're functional. I wasn't blown away by them. They're not uh, fantastic, but they're functional. I mean, it's meeples, cards, and chits, and a... and All right, so here's chits in a bag, but these bags are really cool because they are... They're drawstring bags. They have a strip at the top that's the color that matches the color of the space on the board, and they've got like a screen print of the location of the location. So the bags themselves are really cool, and I really like the tactile feel of digging in the bag. It's not like if this were done with a deck of cards where you had, you know, twenty cards and ten of them were good and ten of them were sand, and you just flipped them off the top. Like, that visceral experience wouldn't be there. You know, that's a good point. I think you've convinced me that, to say, to amend my statement, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm now more sold on the components. Because you're right, that does fit the theme way better. Yeah, just being able to reach into this bag and you pull You are literally out. digging. You're just literally you're digging it with your fingers it, yeah. instead of a shovel. And so... Yeah, and, and, and to be fair, the chips that come out of it, great big things. They're like, they're like the size of a silver dollar. They're They're... Big chips. They're not these little half-inch chits that don't really excite you very much. Well, yeah. the size of a quarter, fifty-cent piece maybe. Yeah, fifty-cent piece. The thing, the thing I maybe need sold on are these dials for tracking how much research you have in a given location. I, I'm not sold on these. So the the alternative would be a chart that you would have to. Yeah. Because essentially, what you're doing is you're you're checking a number that. That is between one how 12. much well how much knowledge you have versus how much time you want to spend, and once you get to that, I mean, you would just go on a chart like X and Y, and you'd come up with your number. I like the I like the little dial because it allows you to to see at a real easy glance. All right, well, I've got seven knowledge, and with seven knowledge, I can spend one week and pull one token, two weeks for two, three for four. Four for four, five for five, six for so on and so forth. You can see all the numbers. Where if you were having to reference a chart, I think it'd be a little more difficult because you have to keep your finger on the chart, and if you look away, you're going to lose your place. I think it actually works really well with the spinny dial. Yeah, you know, you yeah. I'll give you one better than that. If you if if your plan is to go to Egypt and you currently have eight, and you're in the middle of Europe, and you sit there and say, okay, so right now I've I've got eight. So I'm going to set the dial at 8, and I can set this dial down and stop worrying about it. And when your turn comes around, do I want to grab another card that will give you 9, 10, or 11? Or am I good to go? And if you're good to go, your 8 is still sitting there. So that's, that, that's, that's informing your decision even when it's not your turn. And, it's, and it's, it is holding that piece of intellectual knowledge for you 
so that you don't have to keep track of that, whereas on something like a table you would have to do that. And I will give you that it does cut down on visual clutter. Rather than having a whole table you got to parse, you just got to look at the number at the top, and if that's set correctly, then you only have to digest that one row of information. Yeah, and looking at a table on the board is just not visually appealing at all. That's true. That's and then true. it would they be look pretty neat. And they're yeah. fun. Yeah, and they're fun. More important to me is this is a game where the rules get out of your way. Is there's a couple of basic concepts. Um, everything's pretty much laid out on all the components so that you can figure it out pretty quick. And then at that point, you are in the game. So even though I haven't played this game in a few years, um, I had about zero uptake time to get back into the game. A couple of questions here and there. Um, Sam, I think it looked to me like you were pretty much on the board and rocking and rolling with this thing probably by your second or third turn. There wasn't yeah, basically by the I took my first turn and went, Okay, I know how this works. So, so, so and this the is other game. thing was, we didn't actually read the rules to Sam. We just kind of told him, like, hey, these are the things that you can do. Like, a lot of times when we play new games, or games that we, even games that we've played that, you know, he's playing for the or anybody's playing for the first time, we, we have to, like, read the whole sections of the rules. Right, just to make sure just we Just to make sure that details. we understand it. But this one, like, I pretty much said, hey, you know, these are the places you can go. This is what you can do there. And when you get to where you're digging, this is how you use the dial. And the only thing I forgot was that, uh, you know, special knowledge, uh, or specialized knowledge end. scores points at the end. That was literally the only thing I forgot. And, and that's not a big deal. Yeah, at that point, it didn't really matter. So, right. And frankly, I am not shy about grabbing the rule book and reading through it if something doesn't make sense to me or I want to clarify something. And I didn't feel the need to do that at all in this game. I mean, it's eight pages. Um, I mean, everything that you, as you guys laid out, made sense to me. It all felt intuitive. There weren't any odd corner cases or Yeah, I mean, that's the situations. other thing. There's, there's so no, like, fringe cases where you would need a FAQ or to get on BGG right. to there's, figure it there's out. There's no place where you where you get the feeling they had to fix the rules somewhere. I mean, it, just, it flows. The game play, like you said, the math works. It just seems to work the way it is supposed to work. And, uh, and the fact that the, there's little cheat sheets that show you at least what was originally in the bag, mm -hmm. so you can kind of get an idea, well, Palestine's really shot. Everybody's pulled all the good ones out of there. Maybe that's not going to be the best place to go. And frankly, I think that might be the weakest point of the game in a very strong game. Let me you know, uh, clarify there. But the fact that you do have the cheat sheet so you know exactly what is there means that if I wanted to... I could pause the game for 30 minutes, sit down with a pen and paper, and mathematically determine the best option for a dig site. I could also punch you in the face. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't do that. But I well, could so have. That's part. I chose of, not to because that's not very good gameplay. Yeah. I mean, that's part of the the. Um, <laughs> The social the, contract. The social contract. Yes, social that's part contract. of the social contract that you don't do things like that. Right. Exactly. I'm just, I'm just pointing out. Yeah. Theoretically, I could have, and I think if I had, I would have robbed the game of a lot of its and allure. Just, there's mm -hmm. just there's because not, part of the fun is going. Oh, I think. And it's this not one's a game you're taken so seriously. I mean, this like, is. Well, I need to optimize this. You're like, you, it, this, this is kind of a run and gun game. You, you just enjoy playing it. You know, and you know, you get a decent enough feeling from just by looking around. You say, well, he's got three. He's got two and I've got four and there's 13 total and so that's what's left and and so that 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 figuring out the optimal path does not get in the way of playing this game 
is you just you just want to roll and if anything your bigger issue is how much time do I want to spend because I want to get another turn in or I need to get a dig in before the end of the year because I want to get another dig in next year and 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 there's just some some basic running gear like that that I think works very well in this game. There's never a point in this game where you're saying, well, that seems kind of hokey or that doesn't make sense. Well, I think also this was designed at that time where board games in Germany were being designed primarily as family games. So it's got that kind of, everything's kind of loosey-goosey, like yeah, you could math it out and game it out, but it's but you don't. It's and a family game, so why would you do that? And and this this is a a game that you can play with eight year olds, and a game that you can play with your buddies that are usually grinding away at at through the ages or something else. It's that's long haired fair. It's 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 not the deepest game on earth, but it's very entertaining, and it just rolls on the table. The time rolls by. It is very engaging. Yeah, and so and yeah, I will say. I mean, I. Frankly, I didn't bother to math out the most optimal thing, and uh, I just wanted to to go on more digs to pull more tokens out. Yeah, and so yeah, it was a 2007 Spiel des Jahres nominee, which goes to show that it was designed to be a family game, and a, and turned out to be a good one because it at least made a nomination. Mm-hmm. As it stands, this is a fairly out of the ordinary critter, and it's been around for 15 years. I'm surprised. Well. What we say, two thousand seven. Seven, yeah. So it's been around for fifteen years at this point. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that more has not come up that kind of has that sort of running gear because that's, I, if you ask me, that's a that's a really interesting part of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's funny when when we first pulled it down off the shelf, my first thought was, that's the game where you end up taking two or three turns in a row or getting stuck because, you know, if you decide to do a really large action, then mm-hmm. you're going to pay, and and and. That's it's funny. That's the part of the game that really kind of stood out to me. I remember all the other stuff, but mm-hmm. that was the part that intrigues me. So I'm I'm thinking, it's not exactly the same, but in the same, in a similar fashion, you have all of the games like Terraforming Mars, for example, where the round doesn't end until everyone passes. Mm-hmm. So you have that same element where you can do one big thing on your turn and then wait while everyone else does a bunch of little things. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of the inverse of Thebes. Because so I think the the minor but it's similar. difference there is that because of, with Terraforming Mars as the example, the, the limiting factor isn't how much time you're choosing to take doing an action, it's your resources, how many resources you have together. So yeah, you may have to spend all of your money to place one uh, card down and that's your entire turn because you've tapped out all your resources where everyone else has either done a better job or has smaller cards to play. It's That's more of a, I mean, I guess they're both resource management, but... Yeah, no, this is different. And, I feel, and, and, I feel and, like and there, not, there's not, a feeling difference to this where I think it attaches much more to the theme. I mean, There is. Say, I, I agree with you. So, I agree so, with you, so you. But I think they're similar. There's a similarity. Yeah, okay. But it, I, I don't know. For, for me, it's it's as much about the feel as it is about the, the mechanical, the mathematics that goes on behind it. In this particular game, there you honestly get the feeling that, hey, I'm spending 12 weeks doing a dig, which is a monster dig, all right? And that's taken up a quarter of the year. Yeah, I mean, you've got 52 weeks, you've got five, sometimes six sites that you can dig at in a year, and then you've got to do research on top of that. So you really have to kind of 
figure out the best way to divide and and the, the way year. the map works where it's 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 a week to go from moscow to warsaw and you're like okay well in 1902 it did take a week to get from moscow to warsaw you were either on a train or you were in a in a rickety old car and you and you and you clopped along okay so here's here's another example leaving earth you have a limited budget everyone has the same budget i i agree but it there is not the same visceral feedback that I get from this. And that's that's the only one I thought of too was leaving Earth. But leaving Earth fundamentally is about the dollars you spend. The, oh no, it's, I agree. It's a year and once you're done spending your dollars. Different. Whereas this, it's you're not spending dollars, you're spending weeks. It it puts it it lays it right down on the table. So I mean I, I think that's because of the track that goes around the edge of the board. You can see how much time you're spending. And I agree it's a definitely a strong suit of this game is how well the mechanics fit the theme. So if we were to give this game a rating on, say, the BGG 1 to 10 scale, John, where are you putting this one? This is a a powerful 7. Powerful 7 from John. Samuel. Strong, strong 7. I would say at least a 7. Okay. And I'm giving this one... I mean, this is such a great game. It's been Let's in my be honest, coll- you want to play it again? I mean, it's it's a game that's been in my collection for a very... This actually... So, I'm going to back up just for a second. When I first got into the gaming hobby, like, one of the first, like, random board game meetups that I went to was at the D- in the D.C. Metro at Union Station. We met down in the food court, and Thebes was the game we were playing. I fell in love with it in that first play, sought it out, and had it I imported it like from Europe I paid like $30 to get it shipped and $30 or $40 for the game so 60 bucks to get it to or 70 bucks to get it to me back in like 2008 or 2009 back when games cost $30 yeah so I mean that's like $300 given inflation and whatever joke anyway um so this is a game I've had in my collection I every time I look at it on the shelf like I always have good memories regardless of how poorly I've done. Like today I did really bad, but I had a great time with it. Um, You know, given all of that, it's been in my collection. It's been one of those that it's never been on the risk of going on the trade pile. So I would have to say, you know, for me, it's at least a seven. I think that's fair enough. Yeah, don't get yeah. rid of it. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm glad you have it, so I don't have to. But yeah, yeah it's it's one of those, you you look across your 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 games, you're like, oh man, some of the stuff I just got to get rid of. This is one of those ones you go, no, 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 oh, no, that one stays. no, no, you're I'm, staying. I might have to track this one down just because it seems like it'd be a excellent game to have for something that's engaging but not too heavy. Yeah, I um, mean, especially if you have another group that you play with. Uh, I know you play with your wife and some of her yeah. friends, so. All right, great. Well, that was Thebes. Um, Yeah, we're done. Are we going to clarify that I won again? No. John, Sam, and I thank you for joining us in conversation about Thebes. You can join us in conversation by visiting our website, sellergames.com, where you can find links to our social media and Discord server. We also have a blog and guild on BoardGameGeek. We look forward to hearing from you.